you know what I mean? But it yeah. is like, <laughs> at the core, it's like, we don't love ourselves. And as a result of not loving ourselves, we don't love each other. And as a result of not loving each other, we feel separated from each other. Mm. And as a result of feeling separated from each other, we feel afraid of each other. And afraid of an uncaring universe that doesn't prioritize mm. us among the billions of stars out there. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nodes in the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation that caters to the interests of liminal trickster mystics. Today's episode features my good pal and original podcast partner, JT, and we talk in this episode about something that JT and I have started. It's sort of a book club. I'll get into the details, but essentially it is my attempt to move from being classified as more of a spiritual dilettante who's kind of a good-for-nothing vagabond and into a reality in which I am more of a polymath or uh, maybe even, you know, someone with like a PhD in enlightenment. It's an 85-book project and there's lots to it. Um, Very excited to get started. Anyway, before we get into the episode, just some quick business. You can follow the Creek Masons at Creek Masons on Twitter, also at Nodes in the Net for announcements about when the show comes out. And of course, Nodes in the Net is a Creek Masons podcast and lives at creekmasons.com, uh, along with some of my writing about media, metaphysics, and metamodernism, and, uh, you know, some of my TikTok. Uh, poems, and even uh, the intro rants to episodes like the one that you're about to hear right now. The intro to today's episode is an expansion on the thoughts that we close with. As a kid, my family moved every year or two. As an adult, the longer I stay in one rental unit, the more suffocated I feel. Struck with wanderlust, I sometimes fantasize with Zillow, like a change of pace is just what I need. I'm suddenly thinking, though, why move to the country where I'll have more space, free time, self-determination, but bumpkins, bugs, and snakes will scare me, or to the city where I'll have more community and culture but be overstimulated by filth and dangerous strangers, or the suburbs where I'll be mostly safe and comfortable but also deeply isolated and lonely. I say this is a sudden realization, but it's really a five-day gauntlet-style anniversary in Vegas that helped me realize these inevitable imperfections. Sin City has janitors roaming public sidewalks, mopping puke. It's never darker than an overcast morning, even at midnight. There's nudity, glitz, and a din of dings in the same register as cooing babies. In short, it's so clean and well-lit and engineered, it feels safe. In Vegas, you can rest assured everyone loves your money too much to let you encounter anything too unpleasant, even so much as a grumpy cashier. What happens there stays there. You're safe to be disinhibited. But at what cost? Control. Control is both the method and the effect of eliminating the perception of danger. Vegas is a monument to control. An oasis with 30-story fountain displays in the middle of a desert. That nebula of lights in the wilderness burns away every twitch-inducing shadow, but the path it illuminates leads to totalizing safety. Safety even from yourself. The architecture of Vegas booms at you. Heed not your interoception. Denude yourself of agency and open up to my paternalistic nudges. Vegas exists at the 
end of the spectrum, but fear is available everywhere should I reach for it. But that experience of the pole taught me the project of control that promises safety necessitates, finally, control of your own body by someone else. I can stay in fear and isolation in the suburbs or move and endure the overstimulation of the city or move farther and worry about the hills having eyes. Or I can simply be here now, as Ram Dass says, and follow the upsurges of wanderlust toward their root, toward karmic baggage my incarnation is meant to burn off. Why do I feel the need to move constantly? What does that sense of strangulation tell me about who I am, about what I'm here to learn? What is it pointing to? about how I can grow to be a better person, partner, dad, and artist. And please, enjoy this episode, all about adepthood. I wanted to talk about adepthood and like the, I guess the like high level summary or whatever is like, Mm. it's, it's this 85 book list that you and I collaboratively came up with that is uh, focused around, I don't know, how would you put it? Like, uh, becoming less reactive and in in greater possession of free will i like that yeah yeah (laughs) it's like it's it's developing non-reactivity like freedom from karma uh Mm -hmm. just there's a, a bunch of different like cultural interpretations of escaping determinism that i think we're yeah i like harness all of them cool yeah 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 I see it as, yeah, I think we have, this is one area where we have this like ongoing uh, disagreement of like yeah, free will determinism conversation. And I see it as like a, it's like we are doing different units on every like every religious or thought system that's been any, any, amount like (laughs) colonialist or (laughs) has like grown beyond its original culture Mm. and what those views on enlightenment are. Right. And yeah, determinism is like the, that's the perfect way to, for me to look at like the Western versus Eastern kind of conversation in the, in the human culture on like how we understand the world and, and what we are to do here, like what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what, what's the point of being alive basically? Yeah. I, yeah. And this, and this like scientific view and this more esoteric view or intrinsic versus like evidence-based objective, you know, just different ways of looking at how the universe is structured from different perspectives. It's, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's 85 books. So we do cover like all of that. Right. (laughs) 
Uh, and so I drew tarot to kind of like give us a backbone mm. to uh, to talk about this. It's in the divination channel. Uh, cool. So we got the Ace of Wands, which mm. just seems like super obvious to me. Uh, Love that. <laughs> Ace of Wands is uh, like uh, the, I guess, like germination of an idea. Uh. Um, it's kind of the. Uh, I mean, it's like it's a it's a hand that's holding a wand, hand coming out of the clouds. That is, it. It's like um, willpower in its purest form. Mm. Cool. Uh, you know, wands are the fire suit. Fire is will. Um. Yeah. So I mean. That is that is what we're trying to achieve. I think it, it's yeah. like not only is the project mm. itself like the formulation of a new idea, and like I think both of us have expressed that our spiritual journeys have been sort of dilettantish. Uh, mm-hmm. We like I, for a long time in the beginning of the nodes in the net intros, like I would actually say like a, a conversation between two millennial oh, spiritual uh, dilettantes. Yeah, yeah. And, and like now, uh, the, I, I guess like maybe as a result of, uh, the death that I've experienced this year, Mm -hmm. uh, between like Frieden's grandma and, um, the miscarriage, uh, that freedom and I endured uh, like a, a month or two ago, um, it, so Ramdev uh, was a guest on the Duncan Trussell family hour. And he mm. said that until you encounter death in like an intimate way, your spiritual journey will be that of a dilettante. And, mm. uh, and so like, yeah, like over the last 10 or 15 years, I've read all these random books from different, you know, self-help genres and popular mm. science and Buddhism mm. and, like, but it's been a very like surface level flitting from thing to thing, uh, and never really like going deep into any one thing. So the structure of this is like, you know, we're gonna like attack each subject, you know, each culture, or some of it is like very traditional wisdom. Like we're studying uh-huh. pranayama right now, and right, I I don't know why I'm like telling you like you don't know. I guess this is this is for the third person in the room, the oh, like yeah. the the viewer or whatever. But uh, absolutely, I love it. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, uh, I think I think that's probably enough. Like background. I think it's really cool that we do have like, you know, uh, everything from the occult, like very mm. non-mainstream um, approaches to. Uh, to this question of enlightenment and, yeah. and, you know, it's like, I guess as we're defining enlightenment, it's like escape from determinism. Hmm. And then we also have uh, like very, very traditional things and, and like default reality things. Like we have a whole unit on like scientific determinism as like Richard Dawkins would probably yeah. promote it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So how are you feeling? Are you like, are, are you enjoying uh, the pranayama section that we're beginning with? Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite practices, <laughs> like doing breath work. So yeah, it's a lot of fucking fun. Um, I yeah. wasn't stoked. We read Autobiography of the Yogi, which I suggested and I'm like kind of regretting that I did because I just like did not get into that in the way that I was hoping I would. Um, yeah. But it was definitely a really good like introduction to where yoga came from and how it came to America, how it came to the U S um, like what the approach to the practice is here and the kind of roots of that. Um, and yeah, the, learning about pranayama right now, reading about it, it's like, it's so fun. It's, it's satisfying this, like, I don't know, scientific materialist, like desire to just like break everything down into tiny little pieces and also offering mm. like practice to experience the phenomenon that they're talking about in like a somewhat scientific way and like backing up with some scientific research. There's like, I guess more now probably than when that book came out, but there's, you know, evidence for all these different ancient practices being effective for X, Y, Z neurological things. And so it's like, it's so interesting to get that. Like this is a breakdown scientifically of what the, the chakras are, what the like energy meridians are in the body. And then like, if you look at the nervous system, here's an association with that phenomenon that we can point to like a brain region, because right now in science, we're doing that type of really deep, like physiological exploration in a way that they've been right. doing it for so long. It's like, yeah, it's fucking rad to, to see that like come together because the marriage. We need, yeah. We need that. Um, we need that like spiritual synthesis in moving forward as a species. So it's like, mm. I feel that in myself as I'm reading this, and it's like, it, I could see, you know, I could see if we could move in a direction where we can accept all, all of these knowledge streams, like it's going to be great time for the human race, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, there's a lot I want to respond to in that. Like, I mean, right off the bat, like, uh, there's, I guess, a quote from the Bible that is, it's like, lest ye become children, you'll never enter the kingdom of God or Mm. something along those lines. And uh, I think that, like, some of the qualities of, like, creativity and play Mm. and curiosity and uh like children i think i mean like when i watch layla play uh with other kids her own age they're not like you know let's adhere to the rules of soccer you know like even if they're playing (laughs) soccer it's like (laughs) the it's like Uh. well you can use your hands if you're you know in this little corner, like, or whatever, they're just constantly like making their own shit up and they're, they don't yeah. feel, um, mm. weighed down, I guess, by the, um, mm. by the inheritance of rules that, mm. that might've come to them from, you know, the dead people who invented soccer or whatever. Yeah. 
And, uh, and so like, I think in like a morphic resonance kind of way, like what you're saying about, um, us as a species, like creating the synthesis between science and spirituality and like honoring the empiricism Mm -hmm. that, you know, it might not be the, uh, Western scientific method exactly, but it's thousands of years of trial and error where like, Mm -hmm. it's not like they're just like randomly deciding what to do. And it's all pure superstition. Like they're the (laughs) Kranayama practice of like breathing through one nostril and then the other, like observations were made over thousands of years Mm -hmm. and you know, the, the effects of it were recorded in journals and people, you know, through trial and error figured out like this, this makes you feel good. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it unlocks uh, potentially, or hopefully I'm hoping uh, some of that like childlike, mm. um, like innocence and bliss that I, I think is, uh, I don't know. Am I making sense? <laughs> totally. In yeah. a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about the like creative aspect of, um, I don't know, like taking care, taking better care of yourself. That's kind of what I'm hearing because this engaging with spiritual practice for so long or engaging in, in an intentional way with a practice is going to sort of unlock this, these other aspects of yourself, like going deeper and deeper and deeper, kind of allow other parts to come out. Um, I love that. I haven't thought, I haven't thought about it like that at all. That's really fun. Yeah. So uh, that's a, that's a really good point because it, it like you could frame it as like going deeper, or mm-hmm. you could frame it as like stripping off. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, or, yeah. and like frame it however uh, you want. Yeah, <laughs> I I like I like thinking about it as uh, removing obstacles to mm-hmm. the like sort of allowing the Mm. inherent, Mm. um, you know, like balance and, and bliss samadhi, I guess is the word I learned Mm -hmm. from autobiography of a yogi. Mm. Uh, and then that's come up a bunch in the, uh, Ram Dass podcast that you linked me, uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, like samadhi, like there's birds outside my window right now. Mm. And I'm kind of hoping that they're not coming through on the microphone, but they're, they're like, you know, singing their, their songs. Cause it just finished raining here. Mm. And uh, I, I just, I've always kind of believed that that like uh, those birds are like tweeting curtains, you know, they're, they're in a state of, Samadhi, just like singing, the sun is back and we're happy about it. We're birds, you know, <laughs> like very in the present moment. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like that image, sort of stripping away like all the human bullshit <laughs> in your in your moment to moment experience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Or, I mean, cool. maybe it's not the human bullshit. Maybe it's the civilizational bullshit that's like, yeah. you know, we, we took a wrong turn in out agriculture mm-hmm. or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, and we, we've got to like uh, unlearn all of, all of that mm. cultural conditioning so that we can be, I guess, you know? Mm. And that's, that's the, uh, the idea, the Ace of Wands idea is like, it, uh, it's a hand coming out of the clouds, you know, it's like divinely inspired, uh, you know, coming directly from source, uh, Mm -hmm. like union with, you know, like, uh, Damien Eccles talks about like the light at the very top of the universe when you're mm. doing like the middle pillar exercise or the Kabbalistic cross, there's like mm. a, a light that you visualize at the top of the universe, which is always confusing to me. Like is the top of the universe in a different direction for people from Australia, <laughs> you know, like, but you're supposed to visualize it above you, I guess. Uh, I don't know. If, if you go like far <laughs> enough in any direction, they all go back to like the Big Bang, right? Isn't that how it uh-huh. is? Yeah, that's what so. above is back in time. Yeah. Wherever, wherever that is, real. I mean, ever, yeah, we're all, I mean, we're all relatively in different spots in the physical universe and everything's at the center of the universe. If you go out in any direction forever, you get back to the Big Bang, which is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's that big explosion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That light up above is just, you're just going back in time. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's pointed. It's all pointed in the same or pointing in different directions, all points in the same direction. (laughs) I don't know how that works. (laughs) I I can't wrap my fucking mind around it at all. But Physics is like wild. The, uh, the satellite that they launched recently, that's like, <laughs> it's got the best oh telescope that yeah, mankind has ever produced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And they, like, they've taken these like long distance, uh, you know, photographs of, of space and whatever. And there's like yeah. galaxies that are showing up in it that are so far away. They're like, just a handful of billions of years away from like when we think the big bang happened. Like uh-huh. that's, that's pretty so neat. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so rad. Have you seen the pillars of creation? Yeah. But not with the James you, Webb. There's three that the James Webb took in the last week. Oh my God. They're in like, they're so insane. They're so cool. They took them in different like phases of infrared. And so oh, there's yeah. one that looks like super like, ghostly like blue and it's kind of like see-through and you can see the galaxies behind it but you can still see like this general kind of like shape oh it's so cool it's like yeah it's touching like how like what we're looking at in those it's it's just amazing you know there's this guy who shows up on freedom's uh tiktok occasionally Mm. i think because maybe she's more of a atheist nihilist than i am so Mm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like this guy is targeted more for her than it is for yeah. me. Um, not that my TikTok is anything other than like angry, toxic people uh, at the moment, oh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm working on getting that <laughs> under control. But uh, yeah. 
there's this there's this guy who like sings these like kind of fun nihilistic songs and one of them begins like there's you know billions on billions of stars more stars than than mm. uh than grains of sand on the on in the earth or whatever you know mm. and so how could we think that all of this is for us like isn't that yeah and that kind of insane mm. And, uh, and I think that's an, it's an interesting thing to try to square with adepthood, Mm. you know, like there is, there is like kind of a, a fundamental assumption about the important importance of consciousness, uh, at the core of a lot of these traditions that make up our 85 book list. Mm. Um, you know, like the determinant. How do you mean? Say more. Well, uh, I don't know. Like what's coming to mind right now is like the yeah, uh, Kabbalah. Hmm. Yeah. So like the, the Kabbalah, like the uh, sort of the like Kether energy uh, that hmm. the Ace of Wands, it, like the idea comes from Kether. It's like it is that light at the top of the universe. Hmm. And, uh, and that's like the prime uh, mover or whatever the prime like Mm. instigator it's the thing Mm. that starts everything and then the rest of the tree of life like kind of flows out of it Mm. and the idea behind this as i understand it after reading uh the chicken kabbalah is that uh like pre-big bang god existed and it Mm. was just like there was nothing other than God. It was just like, you know, pure consciousness. And then uh, like it got lonely or it got bored or it wanted to perceive itself. And like in the desire that it became like self-aware and in order to be self-aware, there had to be like a second thing. So it splintered into two. And then because there were two things, there was a relationship between them. So that made three. And Mm -hmm. like this process goes on, there's like math (laughs) that uh, explains how it like works out to 10 uh, Sephiro uh, in the end. Um, And the, the uh, objective, I guess. Is that uh, where we get our counting from? The, I think it's the, I think base 10 comes from the fact that we have 10 fingers. Uh Uh, and I, I strongly suspect that the Kabbalah has to do with 10 fingers too. I mean, like, Mm. uh, the, it, it all kind of like, like, yeah. And there's like, there's repetition of certain things like that. Like you have like seven holes in your body or whatever, Uh. and 10 fingers and 10 toes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. there's like, uh, like oddly uh accurate numerology that happens <laughs> for no apparent reason but like the the universe just set, tends yeah. to organize into these numbers uh-huh. uh mm-hmm. you know maybe because of uh some i don't know like dark matter is is pushing you know, p- mm. applying pressure <laughs> to all of these mm. things i don't know <laughs> uh, that's the idea but the uh so the purpose, according to uh, Kabbalists, of living a life is to 
um, within yourself, unite all those sephira mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in or sephiro. I don't know how to pronounce it um, into like one thing again. Mm. And so it's kind of like, um, you know, like God broke him itself apart and that's the universe. That's how the, the manifested material universe was created. And so mm. our job as conscious beings is to like perfect ourselves and become enlightened as a way of helping put God back together. Mm. And uh, mm. and there's like there's there's bits of that in uh, like the yogi yogi yogic oh, yeah. stuff that we're looking mm-hmm. at right now too, mm-hmm. um, where it's you know like the the highest incarnation that you, this is Buddhism, but the highest incarnation that you can have is like a human incarnation because you have the opportunity mm. to experience and develop and encounter the Buddha and, you know, all of that good stuff. Mm. Um, and it does seem maybe a little, uh, like anthrocentric or, you know, in a way that is hard to justify when there's these Mm. fucking pillars of creation, Uh you know, uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, I love that idea that it's our sort of privilege to be able to connect with the creative force of the entire universe, and like that's the project of of the species. I fucking love that. That sounds really yeah. cool. I wish, like, yeah, I wish we were working on that more. You know, I think. And yeah, like, like you're saying, there's, uh, there's all these different routes and traditions that are pointing in that direction. So there's, there, we're, we're, we are, you know, we're active in that area, but I just want, like, I want that to be like the center of our exploration, like in the, in the culture, you know, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, somehow we've elevated uh, the economy to, to the economy the, and like death and destruction and uh, yeah. mass and creation in our own way. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It it does it it feels bad, man. Mm. <laughs> What, what feels uh, bad? I don't know. I uh, I think that Paul Selig's guides say that as a species, we collectively decided to learn through separation and through fear. Mm. Huh. And uh, I think that the society that we find ourselves in I mean, the opposite of separation is like connection to everything. And Mm -hmm. in Paul Selig's guides, you know, language, everything is God. Um, So, you know, and and that's kind of the Kabbalistic uh, 
you know, framework of it too, where it's uh, like, you know, all of the manifest universe around you and all like the person that you're talking to and whatever, um, those are just different aspects of God, like different little yeah. like fingers that have been poked mm. up into the three dimensional <laughs> universe, you know, cool. yeah. uh, uh, and like underneath it is the the hand that like mm. all of the you know all of the fingers connect to in the end um so uh yes we're all nodes in uh the net and the, the, right like it's it's this uh connection to all things and and that's mm. the I'm kind of vamping but that that's the separation between uh individuals that is causing our current like sense of scarcity that Mm. necessitates Russia to invade Ukraine and sense of scarcity that, um, or, or, or I don't know. I, I, I don't think that I can quite like summarize all of the things right this second, but, uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? But it yeah. is like at, at the core, it's like we don't love ourselves. And as a result of not loving ourselves, we don't love each other. And as a result of not loving each other, we feel separated from each other. Mm. And as a result of feeling separated from each other, we feel afraid of each other and afraid of an uncaring universe that doesn't prioritize mm. us among the billions of stars out there. And it seems like the right thing to devote your life to unity, I guess, and, and to, and to becoming more in touch with your, with your own worthiness and, Mm. you know, understanding yourself, living an examined life. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. These are the things I've been thinking about a lot lately. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So that bad feeling is, it sounds like mostly, or maybe like rooted in this way that we either have or like naturally do separate ourselves from the environment, our set, like our inner selves, each other, all of these there's all of these like externalities of that, like, yeah, war and capitalism and global warming, all this <laughs> shit. Racism. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't have like externalities and exploitation if you don't believe that you're something, uh, an individual, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like That's and separate what is from everything else. Yeah. Right. Like uh, individual means, unable to be divided further, right? Like Uh, etymologically, mm. Um, which already like that's ridiculous because you can divide a human into the gut flora and Mm. we have uh, tiny, tiny spiders living in our eyelashes. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. (laughs) So there's like, there's, Uh, there's a lot of flora. uh, I can't think about it. (laughs) <laughs> but it's part of you it's like that it, is you well and like, you know uh regular spiders creep me out too but that's also part of me <laughs> yeah not right. my spiders freak me out 
<laughs> well, that's, that's a himsa, right? Like, don't kill the spider because it's mm. part of you. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, you're saying and, like there's there's so many. I mean, even not even like different parts of our animal, but just like there's completely different organisms and different kingdoms of organisms living on and inside of us. Like, yeah. how can we call ourselves like indivisible or whatever? Yeah. I forget the word you used, but yeah, individual. No yeah, sense. yeah, unable to be divided. Yeah, and like the death. Uh, of, yeah, yeah, uh, unable to be divided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the other implication of it is that you can reduce the universe to an individual. (laughs) Like if you you did the factor tree of the universe, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. would eventually get to these like core units of individuals or whatever, or, or, I mean, I love this. (laughs) Yeah. You mean like what? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, makes sense. Like even even if you like tried to divide things into atoms, like uh, uh, that's I, another word that means the smallest thing. <laughs> yeah, which it turns out you know they're not. And yeah, <laughs> Mitch and then Horowitz you like and, you just you discover more and more, and then it's like we define something that makes up what like ninety five percent of the like movement and energy in the universe and we just call it dark stuff and we like can't examine <laughs> it or measure it. <laughs> I feel like the universe just created a thing that science couldn't define perfectly inside of a box. Once we got to that level, like the universe yeah. was just like, no, 95% of other stuff. We'll make that up later. Once you have the tools to see what this is, if you want to keep going <laughs> in that direction, we'll figure out what it actually is made of later. But like it's dark stuff right now. So sorry, none of your instruments work on it. this sounds like like the ultimate meme from like yeah yeah the essential forces uh (laughs) it's so yeah it's a troll so cool it is that's what it feels like to me yeah yeah and uh and like at the at the the most fundamental level, apparently everything is like strings. Is that, is that accepted now? Do you know about string theory? I, yeah, I read a book on it and it was really impossible. I couldn't, uh, but (laughs) the very end (laughs) he was saying, yeah, this is a really cool theory. And like most people, most physicists now don't believe in, it's like pretty much been disproven, but this is what I've worked on for the last 20 years. It's kind of like the ending. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it was very much like then there there was no like desire for me to like ingrain any of that in my memory at that point i was like okay this is like a scientific path that we're not going to go down anymore like mm. i'm not even a physicist i don't need to explore this whatsoever like yeah um but yeah it's it's a like there's there's been there's i don't know how many there are like right now there's a there's a few main like essential theories of like yeah what the essential essential stuff is made up of the essential stuff Um, yeah and yeah string theory was one of those for a long time is like yeah everything is just vibrating and then there's this like quantum Mm. thing you know where where it seems like and you know bro science coming in and like no one can explain this even people that understand it according to Richard Feynman, who's like one of the best physics teachers yeah. of the last century. There, there's two types of matter happening at the same time inside of one indivisible thing. 
Yeah. Uh, and then it reveals itself at a certain point in time. Um, that's insane. That like shouldn't be allowed to exist. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, I think that was a big comp in the competition with string theory. I feel like, or maybe they were components of each other and one absorbed like quantum mm. theory, like absorbed string theory, maybe. But that shit's like, I feel like that's the main one that I hear about and it's wild. Yeah. Well, the Nobel prize this year got given out for, oh. uh, scientists who have figured out a way to prove that the universe is not local or uh, real. Mm, so weird. <laughs> yeah. So I guess like, uh, that's like entanglement is, and this is like, I think mm. experiments that were done like 20 years ago, but it takes the Nobel prize committee a, a while to, mm. uh, you know, feel confident uh -huh. that it's actually important or whatever. Mm. Um, but the entanglement where the, the two electrons are spinning in the same direction and you change mm. one and it, the other changes. Uh -huh. uh, and I guess that, that like that transfer of that technically it's information, it's ones and zeros, which is, you know, it, they're spinning <laughs> North or they're spinning South, mm. uh, which is binary, you know, ones and mm -hmm. zeros. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so they, they've like, they figured out that, uh, that like happens faster than the speed of light, which means that the universe <laughs> isn't like, it isn't local. It like things that are here, like maybe there's an entangled pair of electrons in your body and my body and, you know, they're like probably together right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, uh, then, uh, yeah, it's and then the real thing is the mm. double slit experiment, right? Where, mm -hmm. um, like, uh, electrons, you know, those, uh, those charts, well, like figures, I guess, that they would show us in the like physics textbooks uh, in high school where it's like a dot with a circle around it and the circle is like the valence that the electrons Sounds exist familiar. in. Uh -huh. And the Vaguely. impression that you were supposed to get was that like the nucleus of the atom is basically the sun and the electrons are orbiting around it mm -hmm. uh, and, and oh, yeah, like yeah. the planet. Mm -hmm. So I guess the idea now is that uh, electrons exist somewhere within the circumference or the, the like mm. spherical uh, yeah. area like around. A, yeah. But technically they don't exist anywhere until you like observe mm -hmm. them. So mm -hmm. they, it's like, it's like they're, yeah. it's, they don't exist at all except probabilistically. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm explaining that right, but it's it like, it makes sense to me. Like that. I mean, that sounds cool. Neither of us are physicists, but yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah. like the point of like the, the place where each layer is said to exist is like, yeah, it's like a, a medium or a, a norm or something, but they, they're, they're all existing nowhere. And everywhere yeah. in between that, those, those little, right. those little uh, discs. That's fucking wild. I love it. And just the, the like mimicry of universal particles to like solar systems to galaxies to like all of these wave functions and like cyclical spiral yeah. dynamics everywhere in physics. It's just, it's like 
a division of the same thing by itself. It's so like, it's just so elegant. It's like, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. It makes me feel I, I, so, like it kind of breaks uh, the hermetic thing of as above, so below though, doesn't it? Mm. Where like, how do you mean? Uh, at the, so like if you're talking about a bowling ball mm. or you, you pretty much know where it is, <laughs> right? Like, if you're throwing a bowling ball down a lane, like you can, uh, you can infer from the second that bowling ball leaves the person's hand, how many pins are going to be mm-hmm. knocked down. If you like yeah. have the right math, uh-huh. uh, like things, things behave pretty deterministically at that scale. But if you like shoot a photon out of, uh, a photon shooter, <laughs> then you know like you don't actually know whether it's going to behave as like probabilistically or as a piece of matter until uh you you measure it in some way and by measuring it you influence the outcome uh-huh i just guess i wonder like in what ways are we not measuring the bowling ball Ooh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> right? Like I like that. That seems like a wave function too. It's just way it's just a way higher probability at one at one part of the wave, maybe. Because it's like a denser yeah. level of matter. I don't know. Is this woo-woo physics or what? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's fun. It's fun like just making up physics theories and never having to do the research because then you can just like have fun ideas and you don't have to go through the drudgery of like testing whether they're true or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's what it is to be a philosopher, right? Like we're mm. Sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. I'll just I'll just call myself a philosopher. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think that's the like zone. I really want to get a PhD. I think I've told you this before. I just want to like study something for a long time. I think it'd be fun uh, to just go get a doctorate in something. And I think physics, like internal studies and internal like, studies? philosophy. Yeah, like all of these like all of these practices where you're you're turning your attention inside to sort of you know, find something mm. or focus on something oh, or cultivate yeah. something. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, the like philosophy, like natural science philosophy, somewhere in there, like it feels like some cool, there's a lot of cool research that could be happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's what this is. We just made that up. But like, I always have thought that like, if it wasn't so expensive, it'd be fucking fun. Like, and everyone should have that opportunity to just go study something for five years if they, if they're Mm. so inclined. Um, yeah. So, and here we are just like, well, let's just, you know, read a bunch and talk about it and that'll basically be, and then we'll, we'll probably both have like a thesis at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. And maybe different theses. Uh, Oh uh, yeah. I, we will. They'll be different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Yeah. That is like that is kind of the idea behind adepthood. It's like, um, you know, instead of being dilettantes, we're trying to turn ourselves into polymaths. And there's like <laughs> there's like there's steps after the cool. five book units where we're gonna like um, 
I don't know if you want to do this, but I definitely do. Like I, I, I want to uh, hopefully attract people to like tutor me on the parts that I still mm. have questions about after. Oh yeah. You know, they say that if you read five books on a subject, you know more about it than like 95% of the population. Oh my God. Really? Wow. That's I've, I've, I've read Is that. That's how somewhere. little people read or like, that's a big part of it. People are just specialized yeah. in a big way. Yeah, exactly. The world They're is becoming... super specialized. Yeah. And I think that like this synthesis huh. that you wow. were talking about, like at the Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like that's the way that the world needs to work in a separated universe where it's like, yeah, I, I have to be really and, good. Like, at... So efficiency minded. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's an extrapolation of the like specialization of uh, what Adam Smith talks about in the wealth of nations where it's like mm. uh, in order to like make a pin in the most efficient way possible, you need like 23 dudes and mm. they each have to like, wow. be, there's the one guy who's really good at sharpening the pins and the uh-huh. one guy who's really good at, you know, melting down the ore for them or whatever. And yeah. each person has their mm. own specific job that they like max out their skill tree on. And then, uh, and then through their cooperation, they're able to yeah. like turn out like more pins mm-hmm. than we'll ever need mm-hmm. as a civilization. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wow. But yeah, I want to like, I, so I want to take advantage of some of these specialists. uh, Mm -hmm. If if they'll have me, I I would love to learn more about yoga from someone who has seriously specialized in it and like really spent their life studying pranayama, you know? Totally. I'm trying to find people like that. And yeah, just like, yeah, passively even like if I go to a yoga class, like you know, ninety-seven percent of that is like ego, like for my ego. It's it, like I'm not doing it. Oh. Like I'm doing spiritual practice, but I mean, I don't know. That's that's I'm being hyperbolic, but yeah, it's an aesthetic. It's like it makes me me yeah. feel really good. It like it reinforces what I'm doing. It like mm-hmm. it's a way to latch onto like a spiritual practice that feels like easy and nice and like sexy, like you know, I don't aspire to <laughs> approach it that way, but that is what ends up happening a lot of the time. But anyway, like, yeah, I'm just like all of the teachers um, that I've encountered are, they're like such amazing, like dialed in people. And mm. I'm like, I'm reading about these pranayama practices. I'm like, are you doing this stuff? Like you just practice pranayama for like two hours before you come to work because like I'm sure some of them are, and I just want to be like, I just yeah. want that. Uh, I just want that download. Like, where are people doing this? Like, who is teaching you this? Um, yeah, definitely, definitely feel you on that. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think it's that easy. Like, and especially on like the internet, you know, we have access to like experts everywhere so quickly and easily. Like it's always one of my, whenever I'm like super down on civilization and tech, I'm reminded of this amazing, like there's just this infinite, like human potential and creativity and wisdom. Like 
almost instantly accessible mm. almost all the time. It, like, and that's yeah. I, like, it's such, it's such a cool, I mean, that's how we met, right? It's like such a cool way to just yeah. tap into a community or a type of person or like someone who can teach you something and you can teach them something and just have that like, oh, we're both like looking for the same shit. We're both on the same, we're in the same like algorithm, you know, we're in the same bubbles on yeah. TikTok. Like right. I'm noticing like just interacting with the same creators on TikTok. It's like, oh, like this is like one of those, you know, this like is something that could turn into an internet relationship, which is like weird and so cool about right now. Like people are able to kind of put themselves out there in ways that they can't maybe yeah. in their like work life or their small community or whatever. Um, yeah, I just, I see that as like this, this really cool path for that sort of just like gathering of information, like con- correct connecting with another person where they can say, Oh, you're, you're having this experience because of this practice. I've, I've done this a hundred thousand times. This is like what you're experiencing. This is where you're headed. Watch out for this. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Sort of like, sort of like reality checking with someone that, that's deep down that specialization. Um, this is like so rad. Yeah. Yeah. We're really lucky to, Oh yeah. You know, there's that, uh, Eisenstein story from the end of the more beautiful world. Our hearts know is possible. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, that I think yeah. like you can find him reading it on YouTube. I think I feel like that's uh, on, that's on the, in the discord, isn't it? it it's, I, for sure. I'm probably going to end up rewatching it after this, but that's I'm, one of the yeah, things that Eisenstein predicts is that like, as uh, spiritual seekers or, you know, whatever liminal trickster mystics or whatever we are, mm-hmm. uh, we will encounter other people who are on the same mission to like mm-hmm. feel the separation that exists in the world and find love for ourselves and for each other. Mm. And we'll find them online. And then there's that's a, a that's part an of it. avenue. For sure. There's, there's a part of it. A part of it that I'm interested in, like Eisenstein is really like committed to the power of like-minded mm. people resonating mm. with each other in the same physical space. Um, I, mm. I guess like mm-hmm. actually he's been like canceled now as a result of his uh, dissident beliefs about like mask wearing and stuff like that. I had no idea until I read mm. uh, this collection of essays about coronavirus that he published. But oh. um, yeah, so uh, you know, I so he's like I'm he's really about like, like a, meeting in person and this uh, right. Like we need to we need we need to like return to this like analog. Um connection yeah Hmm. yeah so like um a a person i met on tiktok uh the other day said that uh they're at high risk he said uh he's at low risk of being indoctrinated into the QAnon conspiracy, you know, because I was like, <laughs> I was talking about the Woo to Q pipeline and, and uh-huh. how like once reality breaks for you, it's a slippery slope to uh, losing yourself in things mm. that are completely nuts. 
And mm. he's, he said, I'm, I'm at low risk of being indoctrinated, like <laughs> radicalized into Q, but I'm at high risk of being radicalized into moving into an intentional community. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. I thought that was really funny. I'm getting like, yeah, I'm getting like commune brainwash every day on TikTok. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Homesteading, like intentional community, yeah. like off the grid. Yeah. That's really funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah I, uh, won't you be my neighbor that's <laughs> the, mr rogers the, are you in that same like that same zone because you were saying with definitely. like your tiktok feels like weird lately my t- well or, my tiktok or, i forget how uh, you worded it but there's there's like there's kind of two uh aspects of it that i find depressing uh, uh on one hand, it's like very anti-work, and uh, l- like it. It sometimes makes me, especially because I have a, I have a, um, I use social media. I think in large mm-hmm. part to substitute for connecting to other humans, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I like I go into the comments obsessively. Any video mm. that I like vibe with, that or, I disagree uh-huh. with, I want to, oh, I want to like know what yeah. the general yeah. opinions are of people mm. uh, about. So I, I end up that, encountering like, a lot of vitriol because uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just, I feel like that would be a really good practice for like cultivating who you follow based on like what their community is like. And you can get a sense for that in the comments or in the chat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Huh. I will but the, also, the, but yeah, uh, it's, it, it's like, it's more like Twitter in there, I think in like YouTube yeah, comment sections. Yeah. Right. Huh. Interesting. And, and the number one factor that TikTok uses to determine what videos to serve you is how much time you spend on the video. So if you're mm-hmm. going into the comment section and reading comments, then Twitter or TikTok's like, Oh shit. Yeah. He, he, we can, ensnare him on the app for longer if we serve him more videos like this yeah and so the shit Uh that i like i feel compelled to look at the comments on it's like maybe controversial or maybe the comments Mm. are really vitriolic or something and i like so i have that Mm. problem uh and like a lot of the anti-work content that i'm served is very uh defeatist and Mm. fatalistic and like learned gotcha. helplessness kind of content. Mm. And then the other thing, and I think that this is actually in large part because of the adaptive curriculum uh, that we've begun, but I get a lot of videos that are um, like self-improvement type things where uh-huh. it's like freedom, freedom was watching my TikTok over my shoulder the other day. And which I think is like a super valuable experience for like, huh. you know, getting a, like yeah. tag teaming the manipulation of your algorithm. Yeah. Like if you can get someone who's like not holding the phone to help you uh, uh-huh. edit, like, you know, what's going oh on. They God. can, they can, yeah. they can literally take like a meta perspective and like zoom out <laughs> from it and see what's going on. And like I've done it with her TikTok, Whoa, and she's yeah. done it with mine. And so, mm. uh, what 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 we found was that like ninety percent of my videos are saying 
for one reason or another, you're not good enough yet. You know, Mm. like even my Buddhist content is like, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And the message that I'm getting is I'm not good enough, which means like, as I am, I'm not good enough, which means I'm inadequate. And if I'm inadequate, I'm unworthy of love just because that's the way my fucking uh, neurosis works. Well, for, for the audience, I guess, while we're here, uh, I was watching, I was on a date with this chick and I like, we traded phones and watched each other's algorithm on TikTok and it was really fascinating and uh, super fun. And yeah, like having someone watch you watch TikTok or watch you scroll social media, like you're ensnared in this, like you're hypnotized, you know, and if you can have someone like being loving awareness above your shoulder and just like helping you curate and helping you be aware of what you're doing. So cool. Yeah. Welcome back. (laughs) Were you talking while I was gone? Yeah. I was like, are you on headphones? And then you weren't. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to like ramble while Jess in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Cause like we're already recording. So I'm just going to keep talking instead of just like, scrolling my phone which is what i went to do <laughs> ironically nice uh yeah yeah um i was what i was saying was uh i was on a date and we like switched phones and like watch each other's fyp and kind of similar thing oh, yeah. but it was like it was more i mean just because it was like a first date it was more of like a i was in a place of like oh what is your fee like what are you curating for yourself like you know <laughs> yeah um sort of yeah in a curious like "Mm, what's going on in here way and i was feeling like super self-conscious about the reverse because i'm like this person like can see into my like brain stem like if if you're browsing my tiktok like that's like yeah like neurologically a very like intimate i feel like vision of a person and a very specific one but (laughs) it felt kind of like a violation almost i was like this is like yeah yeah I don't know if I wanted to do this. Yeah, that's like a mind meld on the yeah. on the first date. That's uh-huh. at least as intimate as sex, I would say. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> in a different way. Yeah, totally. I think so. That's really funny. <laughs> the way that TikTok adjusts to your use and the way that your brain is like currently structured is really wild and yeah so i think it is like it is intimate in that realm of like shadow psychology or something like unconscious you know Mm. consumption like it's showing them like where your brain goes there yeah in like this yeah you know not exactly but it's a sort of like curated like guess at what's going on in there yeah but yeah, like what you were saying, it's like having that extra layer of consciousness or awareness, like above, behind, in between yours and the phone is such a nice, like little buffer. I'm sure, I'm sure your feed is already like more aligned because obviously your wife is like aligned with you. And so you're going to be benefited. You're going to move more in that, in that direction, just having that assistance. Yeah, totally. It's nice to have some like a spotter, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Keeps you safe. Yeah. Is your kid on like 
TikTok and shit? No. Or with phones? What age do kids get she, phones these days? I do. I think some of her classmates probably have phones, but she she has a tablet. Hmm. Uh, for like and videos we, and games and stuff, or for yeah, school, she plays a lot do of they Roblox. Do school, does she do school stuff? What's that? Plays a lot of Roblox. Is that like Lego? It's uh, uh. It sounds like it sounds like some it. It sounds like a digital Lego and connects sort of combination. It's it's a it's a it's like a, a third person kind of like wandering around. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, like an RPG platform, and like people build mm. custom games for it. So oh. it, it's it's oh. not really like a game it, as much as like a toolbox for creating games. She doesn't do, do the creating. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it looks a lot like Minecraft. Mm. Uh, huh. But yeah, so she like plays games that random people yeah. have made. Mm. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's on YouTube a bit, too. Mm-hmm. Try to yeah, do I just wonder, YouTube like, kids. what was that? Try, <laughs> we try to stick to YouTube kids. Uh-huh. Or, like, or, or monitor very closely if she's watching adult YouTube, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I wonder, like, how, like, I wonder, like, how people are educating their kids about what the internet is and, like, how to use a phone and, that, like, that kind of thing. My yeah. friend well, was saying like she has a she has a friend who's has like a seven year old and they don't have phones yet and every time like an adult has their phone out the kid would like grab it and just be like zo- like stuck to it and like scrolling and yeah. it just sounded like it just sounds like I mean it's doing that to us but we have all of these other like systems in place to be able to mitigate that at least somewhat some of us yeah but right. like a brain that's still building itself and like being stimulated in a way that's designed to like affect the parts of its brain that like eventually will be, you know, sort of hardwired like into how everything functions. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know how you could possibly like, or if there like, if there are programs like that, like for kids or like for high schoolers, like how to, like think about the internet, how to use a phone to not like be dependent on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I wonder like how, if we're doing that at all, <laughs> like besides, <laughs> I, know, I know every parent I know is like very concerned about it, but I wonder like what we're doing more broadly. Yeah. Well, it's that Bo Burnham song. Uh, Welcome to the internet, right? Mommy mm-hmm. let you use her iPad. You were barely two. That's not the melody at all, but, <laughs> but like, that's, I mean, yeah. And it did all the uh, things we designed it to do. Yeah. It's the next slide. <laughs> it's, uh, Bo, Bo was on um, Team Human uh, mm. like three years ago or something. I found an episode in the archives cool. that was really good. Mm. And he's talking about how uh, the clear purpose of, iPads and like phones is that they're like within 90 seconds of holding it, you can figure out how to use it, even if you're pre verbal. And Uh, like the, the, and it's actually easier for those brains to learn it than it is for someone who didn't grow up with a phone. Yeah. 
And so that's who they're targeting, you know, yeah. like the, the kids, the kids who grew up with phones, mm-hmm. you know, and Layla, you know, has mm-hmm. had a tablet for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. But this is, this is the point of adepthood, you know, like this is mm. mindfulness, a central, yeah, like uh. Vipassana, you know, like it's nice to have a spotter for sure in the form of freedom. But now, like, I'm on my own most of the time when I'm watching TikTok, and I have to, mm-hmm. like, check in with my own body. I have to, like, oh, yeah. body scan constantly and make sure that, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? This video uh, just gave me a jolt of anxiety about uh, the war in Ukraine mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's a, that's a, a thing mm-hmm. that bothers me a lot lately. And so yeah. I, you know, because I'm tuned into myself enough Mm. I can enact the advice that freedom is given and uh like you know take it home and actually do something with it yeah and Mm. I think that like the sort of Skinner box behavioralism of cell phones and the way that they were like designed to mimic casinos Mm -hmm. and like overwhelm you and overload you and and like break down your barriers and and make you more susceptible to like behavioral nudges Uh uh, so that they could like sell your Uh potential future behavior. Like the whole, all of that depends (laughs) on you being predictable. And if you're predictable, then you're tied into determinism. And so Mm -hmm. like, this is part of why adulthood feels like so Mm. timely to me in addition to being like something that I've been obsessed with since I did acid when I was 18, Uh free will is under assault in our Mm -hmm. current timeline. Yeah. You know? And and that's, I don't know, like, it's because they're, it's because they're purging. It's because they're, uh, they're, they're stealing the vote, right. From Trump. That's why the free will is under attack. That's what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) That yeah. free, like did you have did you have i feel like you were you were you had another thought oh, well i i was just gonna say like it it just feels um meaningful and yeah. appropriate yeah to orient my life around figuring out like what each challenge and uh opportunity uh, you know yeah. how, how they can be meant to you know, key me into like this sort mm. of growth around mm. free mm-hmm. will, self love, and yeah. interbeing. Fuck yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, I think that's a great place to end. And also, I was like, this is now this whole conversation is now reminding me of like I wanted to talk about uh, uh, Vegas and like the engineering oh, yeah. of the city and that parallel with the phones, like just what you were saying. Um, so I don't know if you have more time, but it's 1230. So I'm not sure like how long we're, we're both available, but those are my thoughts right now. <laughs> I I also badly want to talk about that. I might do like an intro for the mm, episode. Cool. Fuck about yeah. That. yeah. But uh, I just, yeah, I just like, I just want more of your thoughts on like the, yeah, just that, just that sort of, I mean, almost biting like the design philosophy of Vegas, like all of social media is, is, is a designed and engineered to do that. Yeah. And Vegas is just a physical manifestation of this 
environment. Right. And yeah. That's yeah. That was well, they literally, they, w- when they were designing Facebook, they read casino design handbooks. <laughs> to, for sure. That's like, it was like required uh, yeah. reading for the product managers or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. uh, it's 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 pretty fucked up but yeah i mean so i just got back from vegas Uh um and uh and yeah it was it was like i i approached it in the end with this attitude that i'm talking about of like Mm. what can this teach me about my quest to become Mm. more more aligned with self-love more aligned with interbeing and more aligned with free will yeah uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. and the, like, I I, I want to dive into this much more deeply with you. So yeah, like, yeah. hopefully we can record again soon. Totally. But the overall impression that I got was that, um, you know, like Vegas, you can't tell whether it's night or day, whether you're indoors or outdoors. If you're on the strip, like mm-hmm. at midnight, it's as bright outside as it is uh, like today <laughs> in where I live on this uh-huh. like overcast. and uh and there's like there's these like dings and bells that are coming at you from all angles and there's like there's nudity and there's debauchery and there's people who are drunker than they've ever been in their life and (laughs) the whole environment is designed there's oh a big one for me was when i realized that there's like janitors on the public sidewalks who are like mopping up the puke of people who went too hard so that you don't realize you don't like because if you if you're walking down the street in vegas and you see like a puddle of puke on the floor you you're gonna think to yourself how drunk am i right now maybe i should like cut back but because they've like They've kept, there's no trash. There's, it's perfectly clean and all of it is designed. It's engineered to keep you from doing that body scanning Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm talking about with TikTok. Like, and TikTok is designed the same way. It's, it's engineered Uh, to keep you from body scanning. uh, uh Um, All of it. And the fact uh, that you design your, you describe the street as the floor. I don't know if you normally would do that, but. That says a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. That you're it is in the outside, floor. It's like the, this is just I'm in Vegas. Like I'm in this little bubble of like, yeah, maximum stimulation and like ultra, you know, controlled environment. Like, yeah, that's that's just like yeah. Put the switch for me. I was like, wait, <laughs> the floor, right. and that's, that's awesome. and that's a big part of the adaptive uh, curriculum is like. Uh, we've got like a whole bunch of stuff about Buddhism and karma and body mm. scanning and meditation and energy and all of this that's meant to get you to develop that sense of interoception. Uh, like mm. what, what are the internal aspects of like, what do my organs feel like right now? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and if you like, if you know what your organs are doing, you're you know when to stop buying alcohol and you know when to scroll on a video that's gonna just cause you to be anxious and mm. feel powerless you know mm. so that's like that's that's yeah. the mission i think to like yeah. develop free will so that wow. other people can't force you mm. into a box nice <laughs> fuck yeah dude 
There's your intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, let's let's call it there uh i have no idea when this program is gonna like kick us off uh because i have like the free version or whatever Uh, but this was thanks a ton for getting together with me on the weekend this This is really fun yeah fuck yeah uh let's uh i mean i'll probably talk to you tomorrow but let's record again soon as well yeah no doubt peace out bro cool thanks for being a node jt the original yeah Love you. Love you. Bye.